I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome to the podcast. This is a Romance Authors Spotlight episode of the show, featuring New York Times and USA Today best-selling romance author Annabelle Joseph, and a short steamy excerpt from her book, Taunt Me. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Donovan Kane, and I'm here with New York Times and USA Today best-selling romance author Annabelle Joseph. How are you, Annabelle? I'm doing good. A little chilly, but still good. Not completely frozen yet. No, not completely frozen. <laughs> now, if you're if you're listening to this and it's gotten to be in the warmer months, this is in January and animals frozen in. You haven't went anywhere in like months. Is that correct? Uh, no, it's just been one day. <laughs> and I think day. tomorrow, like this is Atlanta, so we never stay iced in for very long. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it greatly. You're very welcome. Now, on your website, it says the romance of dominance and submission. For those that can't guess what that is, describe that to us. So I guess I write in a genre uh, known as uh, BDSM romance. Um, some people would call my work dark BDSM romance, although I really do write on a spectrum from kind of like medium BDSM to very heavy BDSM. And, and dominance and submission is simply a dynamic within the BDSM lifestyle where somebody is the dominant partner, somebody is the submissive partner. In my books, um, almost uniformly, the male is the dominant and the female is submissive. Although, you know, people can write it in many, many different ways and they can express dominance and submission in many ways, which is kind of what drew me to the genre in the first place, besides being a little bit kind of kinky myself. Well, very good. And uh, we have an excerpt from one of your books here uh, from Taunt Me, which is from your Rough Love series. It's book two of your Rough Love series. And uh, I really enjoyed reading the excerpt. It was it was great. It's a very uh, teasing kind of excerpt, I suppose. It is. It very much is. So let's listen to the excerpt here. Uh, go ahead and, and set this up a little bit for us. Okay. So the Rough Love series, you know, I was talking about the continuum. So I would say it's pretty heavy, hardcore on the continuum. And it's a three book series. So the first book was Torment Me. And um, unfortunately, that was completely in the female voice. So you and I had decided that wasn't an ideal one for you to record from. Right, but right. that is where their relationship starts in Torment Me. She's a call girl. He's her client. Um, and they develop this really kind of crazy uh, BDSM relationship. And through the whole first book, she never learns his identity. Um, then at the end, he, I guess the kids would say he ghosts her. Like he, he disappears. It gets too hot for him. He, he has to protect himself. He disappears. So in the second book, Taunt Me, which is the one that the snippet is from, you realize that he never really left her. Um, and then he comes back to find her again. And she's kind of like, dude, you know what? You messed me up before. I'm protecting myself now. You can't have me. Fuck you. But uh, Price this is his name. Price being Price. Um, he's finds a way to make her an intern at his big international business. And uh, she hates it. She's furious about it, but she can't get out of it. <laughs> and um, so he kind of makes the most of that 
power dynamic as things go along. And I think that's kind of where this excerpt is happening. Very good. Uh, let's take a listen to the excerpt and we'll be right back with romance author Annabelle Joseph. This is a short, steamy excerpt from her book, Taunt Me. I'm Donovan Kane, and this is a short, steamy excerpt from Annabelle Joseph's book, Taunt Me. I had plans to work on, a bridge to envision. We sat across from each other, designing our wildly disparate products. She'd been gone for a week. Now that she was back, her nearness taunted me almost more than I could bear. Share, I said abruptly in the midst of our industrious silence. I missed you. Those three words, I missed you, sounded so much more weighted that I meant them to. She looked up at me, alarmed. Shit. One hundred percent professional. I thought I should add more words, words to take the edge off the ones I'd just spoken. But I didn't. I... She swallowed thinking what to say. I appreciate you giving me the time to spend at Tiffany's. I know I'm supposed to be helping you here in the office. I gave a short, bitter laugh. Helping me what? Lose my mind? A blush rose on her cheeks. She was wearing a necklace she'd made, so delicate, so intricate, gold and silver against her chest. She tugged at it perhaps regretting that she'd worn such a low-cut blouse. Don't do this, she said. Don't wreck everything. I wouldn't have said anything if I hadn't missed her so badly, if I wasn't straining so hard to subdue the fantasies that preoccupied my mind. I turned back to my blueprints, trying to concentrate on lines and equations. Instead, I imagined tying her up and fucking her and hurting her. The memories were always there between us, palpable in the room. I glanced back at her, gave her one of the old stares. Please don't, she said. Don't what? I pretended innocence while I gazed at her with all the fire of my lust. Internships aren't supposed to be like this, she said, putting her face down against her desk. Your internship is like this because that's what you chose, I replied, 100% professional. I brushed a hand over the front of my pants. She couldn't see my raging erection from where she sat, but I wanted her to understand it was there. I'm 100% ready to fuck you right now. My cock is 100% at full boil. She put her hands over her ears. You promised. I know I promised. I just think it's stupid. There's no reason we can't work together and still assuage our hunger for each other. Our hunger for each other? She glared up at me, frowning. Speak for yourself. I held her gaze with a warning look. Don't make me show you. Because I'd do it. I'd strip off her clothes it show her how hungry she was, show her just how much she'd give up to me if I demanded it. After a moment of quivering mutiny, she looked away. If I could have, 
I would have spanked the shit out of her for lying, for pretending, for denying. I would have bent her over her desk and punished her for putting both of us through this hell. I wished I had a strap, a paddle, a leather-wrapped cane. But even if I did, the blows and her cries would have been too loud in the office. Frosted glass walls only muffled so much. Later. I'd punish my little mutineer later, at some future time when things weren't so fucked up between us. For now, I could only punish her with her own ridiculous blushing shame. Stand up, I said. Come here. No. Come the fuck over here. I'm your boss. You fucking listen to me. She finally stood and obeyed, cringing like she'd already been punished. Maybe I sounded uncontrolled, frightening. I was only so tired of the divide between us, the artificial chasm of her making. Cher, you're my fighter. Why won't you be brave? Look at me, damn you, I insisted, taking her by the arms. She raised her eyes to mine with a look of such conflicted desire and loathing that I almost went off in my fucking pants. I want you to admit it. You want me. You want this. I took her hand and made her trace the length of my cock. I was rock hard beneath the gabardine twill. She curled her fingers around the shape of me, then tried to pull away. I don't want it, she said. You're not getting wet right now? Your heart isn't beating faster? I let go of her hand and grabbed her neck. She reached to balance herself against my chest, gasping, but making no other complaint. I can feel it, I whispered. I can feel your pulse racing. I can feel your breath hitch. Because you're choking me, she rasped. Are you wet from me? Tell the truth. No. I reached under her skirt. When she tried to pull away, I tightened my grasp on her neck. She made a rough noise. Her hands were free. She could have fought me. She didn't. I ran a palm up her thigh, over silky skin to the gusset of her panties. She stared at me swallowing against my grip. She didn't want me to touch her horny, wet pussy, because then she'd reveal the depth of her need. But another part of her ached for my touch. I could see it in her eyes, feel it in her body's tension. The stubborn, hiding part of her wanted me to force her and humiliate her by driving my fingers inside her. I stopped my slow explorations just above her panties, smooth gusset. I wanted to ravage her with my fingers, to shame her and fuck her. But I wouldn't. Let's have a little honesty, I said instead. You want me every day. You want me every hour, just as I want you. You fantasize about my control, my commands, my gaze on your naked skin. You want me to hurt you. You want my cock inside you, fucking you until everything else falls away. With every word, her gaze flickered a little, 
The front of prim professionalism would never hide the need inside her. Just admit it, I said quietly, to me and to yourself. I waited, with one hand grasping her throat and the other between her legs, not quite touching the heat of her arousal. I'd wait an hour, if she needed that much time to come clean about her feelings. In the end, it only took a minute. I admit it, she said in a pained voice. I want you, but I don't want to want you. The thing is, we can't. I don't want anyone in my life right now, especially you. You have too much power to hurt me. Jesus Christ. My cock was so hard. She was too near. I had to let her go. My fingers opened, releasing her. Go to your desk, then, I said. Go do your important work, and pretend like you don't want me every day for the rest of this internship. But know that I miss you. That I want you. That will never change. She flinched like I just slapped her. Yes, yeah, Starshine. Remember when I used to slap your face? How horny you would get? How you'd bare your teeth at me and beg for more? She scurried back to her desk like it was some fortress that would protect her. My desk. In my office. This isn't your safe place, Cher. It's only safe because I'm hanging on to my last fucking shred of control. I just can't right now, she said, staring down at her design book. Price, I can't. I'm sorry. She bit her lip and went silent. I looked back at my blueprints. Someday I'd punish her for this. Someday I'd exact revenge for all my suffering and make her beg for my touch and my cock. She thought I had too much power to hurt her. She hadn't seen anything yet. The End For now I'm Donovan Kane, and this has been a short, steamy excerpt from Annabelle Joseph's book, Taunt Me. You can learn more about Annabelle Joseph and her books at steamystoriesforwomen.com. And there you go, the short steamy excerpt from Annabelle Joseph's book, Taunt Me. I loved reading that excerpt. It was fun. It was very fun. It, yeah, they're fun. Um, I kind of love what I love. I love as an author, people who read me know this, but I really love dubious consent situations where the consent is not wholehearted. And sometimes I confess it's not there at all. But of course, this is fantasy and some people like that. Um. So it, with this couple, it actually takes the whole third book for them to find their happily ever after. It becomes very complicated. Um, but I did. I loved your reading. It was it was made a hot scene even hotter. Um, oh, thank you very much for the compliment. No, but you wrote it. So, I, you know, I just read what you wrote. Yeah, I like um, I think what I really love about this couple in particular is that um they, they both have two sides because Cher is kind of a mess on the surface, 
but underneath, like she knows what she wants. She is in control of her feelings. Like she has it together underneath, but on the surface, not so much. Whereas Price has it together on the surface. Like he's a successful businessman. He's this dominant. He's, you know, seems like he has it together, but really he's the one that emotionally is like, not okay. Like as the books, you know, as the scenes go on, you're kind of like, Oh, this guy. But I, I actually love writing characters like that that are super messed up and hard to understand, which well, sometimes sure. ends up bad because sometimes people are like, I hated this character. Or, How could he do that? <laughs> but I mean, I try to always reform them. You know, my heroes are always reformed in the end. They always find a happily ever after. But for some couples, it takes three books, and that happened to be this particular couple. Perfect. It takes the time it takes. Yeah. Well, exactly. And especially when you add the dominance and submission aspect to it and the kinkiness. And like with anything kinky, there's always going to be that uh, problem of maybe you've pushed things too far. Maybe you haven't read your partner right. And people use what is called safe words, which is when, you know, when something is going too far, you would say your safe word and the person would stop. But um, people don't always use them when they should. So mm -hmm. that that's another thing that we can play with as authors. Like in real life, I want to tell people like, use your safe words. Don't be crazy. Don't put up with stuff that you don't want to put up with. But as an author, I confess that sometimes I really put my characters through some fucked up shit and <laughs> don't really apologize for that. Well, it's it's fiction. You can make up whatever comes out of your head and the people that like it will read it and listen to it. And the people that don't don't have to. Right. Exactly. And hopefully um, it takes them to a place where they kind of the real world slips away and they can get caught up in the fantasy. That's what we're here for. And that's the that's the perfect result of all of this, isn't it? When you can sit and read or listen to a book and you forget where you are, you forget the stuff that's going on in your own life and you just get to escape for a while. Exactly. Tell us, how did you get started in all of this? How did you get started writing? So I actually, so in college, I got a teaching degree, but every uh, free credit in my schedule, I would take creative writing classes. Oh. So I took poetry classes, I took short story, I took fiction, I took screenwriting classes. Wow. And so in um, probably early 2000, I was just sitting around at home. I had four kids in six years. I was a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to do some writing, you know, and I dabbled in screenwriting and I kind of got right, right out of that. That's very hard to get into. <laughs> it's very hard to break into that. Well, um, there's only so much money for it and they're huge products or, or projects and they all know each other, you know, so right, I would think right. that would be very difficult, I guess. It's very tough. So I was like, you know, okay, let's, let, I enjoyed screenwriting as a hobby, but it's like, okay, let's go into books. But a lot of things I had learned from the screenwriting, I could apply to writing books. And so, and I was at the same time, I was reading kinky books. This was back in the day of like Anne Rice's um, Beauty and the Beast kinky books and Molly Weatherfield's books. And I was like, well, let me, you know, I love these books, 
but it's not scratching my particular itch, you know, like my particular niche of the kinkiness. Mm -hmm. So I just started writing. I shared it with some friends. They were like, more, more, write more. So um, I wrote I wrote three books all almost at the same time. One was called Mercy. One was called Owning Wednesday. And one was called Comfort Object. So I was on a kinky website called FetLife.com. And I was chatting with a girl who lived in my area. And it turned out she was an editor at Lucid which is one of the early e-reader erotica websites. And she was like, well, send me one of your manuscripts and I'll tell you what I think. So I sent her comfort object and they picked it up right away. So in that way, I kind of got lucky that I just happened to, you know, they say it's all about connections. And I did have that connection with that uh, wonderful woman who helped me launch my career. But then, so Lucid would not touch Mercy. Because Mercy was super fucked up and super like <laughs> breaking a lot of rules. And so at the same time, I put Mercy out just independently. Uh -huh. And would you never believe it? Like Mercy got to number one on Amazon. Like not number one, like erotica or BDSM fiction, but like number one. And I That's sold a zillion copies. And it was just, I think, because it was so fucked up that everyone was like, ah, look at this book. That's but, um, amazing. Yeah. It, so I always feel like I had a lot of luck involved because on the publishing side, I had that friend that was there to help me. Mm -hmm. And on the independent side, I had this super fucked up book that somehow people just really seemed to want to read. Even though even when I read it, I'm like, how did I write this? This is crazy sauce. <laughs> but um anyway when you were writing that book did some of this play come in where it was like i can write whatever i want there's not going to be that many people that read it anyway that was exactly what it was because uh -huh. i was really just writing it for my friends in fact when i sent it to be published i had to have an editor go through because it was very loosey-goosey and you know just i had been writing for fun uh -huh. and uh yeah, and it was fun, and I think a lot of people did find them fun and sexy and kind of scary. But, but you know, at the same time, like after that, I mean, not I couldn't write every book to that hardcore level, you know. So I've also written books that are less hardcore and more story focused, and I even have a few books that aren't kinky at all, but they're still pretty. Everything I write is pretty steamy. Uh huh. Well, it, it I, I love your writing. Uh, again, I, I loved reading the excerpt. I can't wait to read more of your work. And it's it's amazing to me that the most success, it seems, that people have in writing is when they just write what they want to write. And they that don't edit themselves while they're doing it. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think a lot of writers will tell you that once... They have an audience and I am so grateful for my audience. I love them. I wouldn't give them away for anything, but it does affect, like when I sit down to write, there's always a part of me that's like, is this, are my readers going to like this in a way that I didn't really think about before. So it, it does make it a bit more challenging. And I'm actually like right now, I mean, anyone will tell you, like I haven't put, it's been probably 12 months since I put something out, which is really long for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of like I've had gotten in my head a little bit, 
but I think I'm breaking out of it because I'm just realizing like I just have to go back to those times that I just kind of wrote what I felt like writing and what was hot to me and just mm -hmm. let my readers love it or not love it. I have to let that part of it go. <laughs> that, I, I think that's probably why they love you. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they like me most when I'm kind of at my most unhinged and just letting all the emotions like slosh about on the floor because they don't, I mean, readers love emotion. They love stuff that makes them feel, that makes them kind of eyes widen and, you know, so I, so I'm, I feel like I'm back on track. It's like a new year. I'm ready to knock out some really good books this year. Good, good, good. Cause you'll, you'll have to let me know when you do. I, and, I and will. We, can, we can put some of that on the show. Tell us about, you have a lot of books. I do. Well, yeah, I remember I was saying that stay at home mom thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was really lucky in that sense that I was a bit of a kept woman. So I had plenty of time when they were at preschool or elementary school and all that. Growing up, I had lots of time to sit and just kind of put my fantasies down on paper. So you, you wrote the first book later, but really you had the fantasies and you had the even dream of maybe being a writer and were writing things long before that. Is that correct? Yeah, it all kind of, and it's funny because it, when I started in my genre, in the kinky genre, this was well before Fifty Shades of Grey became popular. Mm -hmm. So when the times when I was hitting lists like New York Times and USA Today list is when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, everybody like read through it super fast. And then they, they were like, what's next? What can I read next? Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I kind of got on some of those what to read next lists, even though my books are quite very, very different from the Fifty Shades of Grey books. But right. um, it kind of gave it kind of gave me that audience that was hungry for what I was writing. But I think I'm a bit more because I was kinky long before I even started writing the books, that it kind of made them a bit more authentic as far as the kinky stuff and the feelings that the characters were having and, and, and how the plots were unfolding. So I had a lot of readers that came over from 50 shades and then they were like, Oh, and then I read your books and I really understood it more, you know? Right. And I did like being able to be that person. And I hope that I, you know, I hope that as I continue to write in the genre that I'm always able to do it well, like represent it well. Because it was a big part of my life. A lot of my friends were kinky. I get a lot of my ideas from talking to my kinky friends. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's it all kind of converged. Like the interest in writing, having the ability to write, and then just the timing of, of when I was writing it. So Life is amazing that way, isn't it? I know. I feel like there. it's funny to say like there's been like a little angel on my shoulder guiding me through when my books are so, 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 so naughty. But <laughs> it does kind of feel like that sometimes. Well, if you believe if you believe we're all put here for a reason, you found your reason. And, I, uh, yes, I suppose so. I suppose so. So tell us uh, when you first when you first saw that you were going to be a best-selling author when your books really took off and started selling what must have been the feeling then well it was 
truly incredible because, you know, to that point, I had been staying home and not really contributing a whole, I mean, I was contributing, of course, to the household, but I wasn't contributing to the income. So um, those years when I call me and my husband call them the gold rush years when 50 shades kind of grew my audience so much. Um, there was a lot that we were able to do. And um, it was, it was a feeling of just real happiness, but then also, like I said, the pressure of, okay, I've gotten this wonderful success. Now I can't let these people down. Unfortunately, yeah. I did have tons of ideas. So I had, you know, after so that time I had many more series come out. Um, some of my favorite were my Cirque Master series, which took place in a Cirque du Soleil type of world. It's a three book series. And um, I love, love, love those books. And a lot of my hardcore readers really point to those as some of their favorite, like Annabelle Joseph books. And then I had an, a lot, I'm a big like arts person, like kinky, but set in the world of the arts. So I have two or three ballet books. And then I have a ballet series called um, the BDSM ballet series, because let's face like ballet dancers are masochistic to begin with. So it's not far to make them submissive also and make them super kinky. Um, right. So I have this um, BDSM ballet series and it's really fun. It's just a two book series. And um, you have the ballet, you have the kink, you have, all kinds of crazy, you know, enemies to friends and all kinds of threesomes and moresomes and psychological stuff. And so that's actually the series when people say, what should I start? You know, you have like 40 books, Annabelle, where uh -huh. should I start? And I yeah. always say, start with the BDSM ballet series. It's Waking Kiss. The second one is Fever Dream. And if you read those, you'll either like them and you'll like me as a writer or you'll be like, eh, this is too much for me. Or they'll say, what the hell, Annabelle? But <laughs> or, I like Yeah, them. or that. So. I didn't know I, I was going that. to like this, but I like this. Yeah. And it's kind of, it is very, very kinky, but it's not like, I always tell people like, don't start with Mercy. Don't start with my Club Mephisto <laughs> book. Like read Wake and Kiss. See how you feel. If that's you know, as kinky as you want it. I got more of that girl. Like I can give it to you, you but know, if you want it kinkier, I'll tell you what, if you want it less kinky, but that's kind of right where they can start. You know, something let's be honest. Whoever's in, whoever is listening to this interview right now and just heard you say that don't start with mercy. What do you think they're <laughs> going to do? <laughs> well, if they do start with mercy, I just want them to buckle up. That's right. all I got to say. <laughs> Buckle up, put on some, maybe some bubble wrap around you for when uh -huh. you like start to, well, put some bubble wrap around your candle for when you throw it at the wall. But <laughs> they sound like wonderful books. I wish uh, one of the things I wish I could do uh, with all the authors that I, I have on the show here, you all have wonderful work and you have so many books and there's always only so much time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, so they can they can get to your books, learn more about you and even contact you through AnnabelleJoseph.com, right? Yes, indeed. I have them. There's a tab with all my standalone books. If you're more of a standalone person and you wanted to just end in one book, 
I have a series tab that kind of lays out all my series. And for the record, I don't have cliffhanger series. Like each book is kind of follows one couple, except for the Rough Love series, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we recorded from. And that's my only three book series. But even that, they're not cliffhangers. They come to a stop and then you read the next section of the saga. But, um, but yeah, I'm a pretty safe author as far as you get what you pay for. You know, you go to my website. You'll find some great love stories. They have happy endings. No matter how bad those bad boys are, I promise they will be reformed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I should say, too, on my website, I have something called a Hall of Potness from um, kinky artists and friends that I've known. They're they're kinky photographs and stuff. And it's worth a look if you haven't seen it yet. There's tons of just great pictures to browse through. I did look. Oh, you did love. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah, did absolutely. you enjoy it? Oh, of course, of course. I enjoyed everything about your website. It's it's People's fantastic. Creativity just amazes me sometimes. And I just, I felt like, oh, you know, I have a platform to showcase it. And right. yeah, I'm really grateful to all the people who let me put their pictures up there because they are hot. And I hope your listeners will check it out. I think they will. Okay, so two things to take away from this for sure. Don't start with mercy. Don't start with mercy. And if you go to the website, make sure you don't look at the Hall of Hotness. <laughs> Those are the two things. That... We're using reverse psychology, right? <laughs> correct. Correct. Yes. <laughs> So those those are the two things that are, that that may uh, happen with them, but you know yeah, I think that, listen I, to Donovan people. <laughs> I think they could start with any of your books and be very happy. I'm sure, but uh, yeah. So they go to AnnabelleJoseph.com. They find out all the information. They they pick a book uh, to start with, and they become an Annabelle Joseph fan. And what's next? When once they become a fan, now we want to know what's next for Annabelle Joseph. Well, what they definitely should do is click the newsletter sign up tab at my website and sign up for my newsletter. I don't spam them out. I send maybe once a month tops. I'm not good at promotion. In fact, you are inspiring me to get better at promotion because you seem great at it. And then after they sign up for my newsletter, then they could go find me on Facebook. Um, If you search Annabelle Joseph author, my book, my um site will come up or you can find it from my website my facebook links and um then i would just say i have a group called fanabells it's just not very active because i'm not a super online person i wish i was but if you want to join the fanabell group there's certainly lots of fellow um fanabells in there annabelle fans we call them fanabells that's a great name um, private group you can search it up and ask to join and you would be welcome there that's fantastic Annabelle, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for letting me read the steamy excerpt. I had a I had a very great time doing that. You are very welcome. I could actually not be more grateful. I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome too. So we have been talking with New York Times and USA Today best-selling romance author Annabelle Joseph. You can visit her and find out more at AnnabelleJoseph.com. You can also visit uh, our website at steamystoriesforwomen.com or donovancain.com. It leads to the same place. I'm Donovan Cain. We've been here with New York Times and USA Today bestselling romance author Annabelle Joseph. Thank you, Annabelle, very much, and I hope to talk to you again soon. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm Donovan Cain. This has been a Romance Author Spotlight episode of the podcast featuring New York Times and USA Today bestselling author 
Annabelle Joseph, and a short steamy excerpt from her book, Taunt Me. You can find out more about Annabelle Joseph by visiting AnnabelleJoseph.com. You can find out more about the show at steamystoriesforwomen.com.